Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. .org to see how you can help. Is it time for your business to pay it back? Hello, I'm William Eastman, executive producer of Richmond Biz Live. And if this is your challenge as a business owner, then don't miss a single show. Either listen live at 10 o'clock every Saturday on WLEE News Talk 990 or download our podcast at richmondbizlive.com. Every show, we tackle those issues in marketing, sales, people, customers, and finance that are limiting your success. If it's time to get paid back for your years of investment and sacrifice, join us this Saturday at 10 o'clock for Richmond Biz Live. Good morning, Richmond. What a beautiful day. It may be overcast, but uh, if you live in this part of the country, a little less sun is fun. It's a beautiful day here at the studios of WLE News Talk 990 at 308 Broad Street. And this is Richmond Biz Live, a business talk show focused on growing existing businesses. Um, And the reason that we're focusing on companies that are older, in fact, older the better, is kind of one of our themes. And if you saw us on the webcam, you would get it, um, is that the city of Richmond does an excellent job of helping startups and um, forming incubators for the startup entrepreneur. But there's nothing out there, at least until this radio show, that was directed at those of you who have been in business for a long time, and you're saying to yourself, this isn't paying off. All the blood, sweat, and tears that I've put into this, all the sacrifices besides all the money I've invested in my company, it hasn't paid off. Well, if that's the issue with you, you are in the right spot today. So join us on our journey, which should be yours, of growing Richmond's economy one company at a time, and call in at 844-249-5483. That's 844-249-5483 or 844-BIZ-LIVE. Um, so we'll start the morning off by good morning, Billy Flynn, our studio engineer. He is back. Bad boy Billy had good the morning. week off last week. We had I, Ryan I in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, had to type up every single thing I could think about of what you're supposed to do to make sure Ryan had a concept of what was going on. I never realized how difficult that kind of thing is, because you do all this stuff without thinking about it. That's you know, yep. kind of like life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I read his screen. He, he's going, oh, what did Billy mean by that? And in some of those I could answer, and in others I was going, uh, I think he means this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Well, I had him read it, so, you know, he had time. He had time. Okay, for Ryan, so if you're listening to it, uh, you did a great job. Yeah, week. woo, bro. Okay, so let me talk about today's show. First of all, every segment, every topic is authored by business experts, okay, who are also business owners. In other words, we're looking at people who are nationally known, internationally known, or locally known for their topic areas, but also is that they run a company. So anything you hear on the show is based upon our practical experience plus a little bit of research. And that's one of the niches that we fulfill is that instead of just being a lot of old practices that somebody picked up from somebody, our stuff is scientifically based then it's proven by practicing it day to day. And so the deal is, why don't you become one of those companies, one of those companies that we're helping grow and basically pay the owner back. And again, you can do that by going to our website at richmondbizlive.com or coming, uh, joining the station right now at 844-249-5483. Today's focus, we have in the studio a featured guest. We didn't uh, advertise him, uh, but Brian Taylor from the 
Central Virginia African American Chamber of Commerce is going to be in, and he's sitting in the studio right now. Wave at the webcam. Anybody that's on, on our webpage who has come in here. And Brian is going to be a featured guest, and he's going to be talking a little bit about our partnership and what the what the Cham- Central Virginia African American Chamber of Commerce can do for you. Uh, in the studio is Linda Heath, and Linda's going to be talking about the whole area. Managing cash flow, one of my favorite subjects. In fact, um, as most of you, most of the listeners know, I'm vice president of a manufacturing firm. It used to be three days a week. Now it's four days a week, so I can go. I'm really trying hard to be out of there. Not because I don't like those people, but I, my, my job is almost done. And part of the problem is uh, cash flow is becoming a real issue for us, is that we're growing, we're getting sales in, we're getting productivity that we want, but there are a lot of cash flow billing AR issues. So I'm looking forward to your session. And then we have Mike Carroll from Focus Business, part of the Sandler, Sandler organization. And Mike is going to be talking about uh, the development of, of accounts. You know, you've got that business in. Now, how do you really make those customer accounts profitable? And, of course, with Mike's background, that's a topic that he knows very well. And then I'm going to close out the segments. And I'm going to be picking up on the service theme. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about team building and that whole area i also uh two segments back the last time i did service i put a pdf on if you want it uh, up on the site if you wanted to download something in the areas that i uh, ideas that i can use something that will help you identify where your gaps are in the service business it is right there and i'm going to come back to that and then around 50 minutes past the hour we're going to have brian in and we're going to have some fun so buckle up hang on and here we go so our first segment Linda Heath. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great. And Linda's from Financial Holographics. Yes, I am. <laughs> she Billy, is how Financial are you? Holographics. Pretty good. How's it going? Excellent. Excellent. Well, I had a far side moment this week preparing. Um, I stumbled across my copy of this, the Life's Little Instruction Book. Yeah. It's kind of old. Do you all remember it? We do. Do you have uh, a favorite Life's Little Instruction? No. You know, it's been so long since I read it. Well, I can tell you. This is the one that tells you it's important to floss your teeth. You need to pet your children and love your pets, and you need to let the other guy pull in traffic in front of you. Oh, well, that's pretty good. That's kind of like the kindergarten stuff, remember? That's exactly well, right. Was it was an Andy Fuggum? I think it might be the same guy. The same guy? How about you, Billy? You have any favorite life's little instruction? Uh-oh. I don't know that there's any from the book that I remember, but I've got my own if, you, if you'd like. I'm, I'm game. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. You can't say you've looked everywhere until you've checked the freezer. Quickly, in college, went back to my dorm room. When I went to leave, could not find my keys. Searched everywhere for an hour in my small dorm room. I eventually gave up. And as it turns out, my mini fridge has a little freezer in it. Somehow, I dropped them off getting something out of that freezer. So you've not looked everywhere. They were right next to the Stoli bottle. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, early in my career, I was a young banker in uh, working in the credit department. I was learning the skills that I use for our clients now. And my mom was at a time in her life where she was very emotional, very troubled, and she would call me and have these long conversations while I was at work. It really kind of put some fear in me because I wanted to do a good job, meet my manager's expectations. And I finally had to issue an edict to her. And I said, Mom, you cannot call me at work at all unless blood or death are involved. And if it's only blood, there has to be a lot of it. Wow, I can't believe that. I can't believe you said that. She was offended. I can imagine. I could see my mother right now. Right. Well, this was, you know, long distance. But anyway, she was offended. But one of the instructions in this book, what set this off? Number 357, in fact, says, let your representatives in Washington know how you feel. Then it gives phone number for House, phone number for Senate. It says, an operator will connect you with the right party. And what hit me was, 
what if I had had that number to give my mother and say, <laughs> call Congress and tell them how you feel? Oh, yeah. Well, that would have kept her occupied, I think. It would have. And it would certainly have helped me. Um, but I just, I, I could just picture a congressman coming in and listening to a message. Your father isn't being very nice to me. The dog said the vet is very sick and may not make it. The local charity is raising funds for the starving oysters of Finland. And I don't know why we (laughs) starving oysters. Anyway, so um, as we move into the topic of managing cash flow, I want to, first of all, back up and tie it to what we talked about last time, which was planning your budget. Right. And um, creating the budget, you have to have a sales and profit plan. And my... My, uh, the point I wanted to make was it's not exactly hard, but it is tedious because it's a very precise process, step by step. Some of the steps you have to loop back through until you've touched all the interrelated items. Right. And um, what I'm finding is that entrepreneurs, those seat-of-the-pants optimists out there, really resist the whole idea of budgeting. But we want to compel them. It's a business essential. Now, how important is forecasting to this? Well, are you talking about cash flow forecasting? No, it's or just sales forecasting. Well, that's an essential part, and we talked in detail about the, the, that, and that's Mike's forte. The reason I asked that, it was my reoccurring nightmare over the last week. Oh, forecasting? We could not, I could not get, I could not, with a baseball bat, beat a sales forecast out of them this past week. Well, see, that's the problem. They resist because they feel well, like... I don't know. They resist because ah. they're trying, they feel like they're being asked to predict the future. And they just throw their hand, well, I can't do that. But what you're really doing, my take on the budgeting is you as the, the owner of that business, as the shareholder of that business, um, have the right to set a goal. This is the profit I want next year. Right. What the budget does is it identifies all the different things that have to end up being true for you to get that profit level. And then when you look at all those things, so it's not that you're predicting sales, but you're saying to get this profit, sales have to be this. Then you point all these guys in the direction of your sales manager, how are you going to make it happen? What are the things we need to do? Right. You may have to pull in customer service so that we're not losing money, but I don't want to get too far down the path of Right, and of budgeting. course, if you're going to spend money budgeting, right. you don't know what your sales are going to be, and you don't know when you're going to recognize that revenue. Right. How do you forecast when you're going to spend any money? Well, now, let, correct, but let's not confuse okay. forecasting your cash flow the uh, first thing is forecasting an accrual budget by the way this is what happened when consultants come in and talk to business owners we get them off track yeah well <laughs> i'm getting you back on track buddy. all right get me back on track consultant. Right. but anyway the other thing is you have to forecast your balance sheet right and um you then you convert your accrual based profit plan into a cash flow map and that's when you're going to forecast or you're going to anticipate you can't forecast cash flow if you haven't done a real budget first, okay? That's a misnomer. Um, but anyway, then your cash flow plan, based on historical data that you have, um, it'll tell you when operations is going to suck all that cash out of your business and when your customers hopefully will be putting it back in. Um, and I know I'm oversimplifying, but uh, this is essential for our audience this season who are the successful businesses that are seeking to break through to the next level. They um, are now putting on their big boy panties and their big girl panties, and they can't do it by the seat of their pants anymore. Um, it's a technical skill. It takes guts, and it's also a choice. And you can either choose to manage drive mm-hmm. cash flow like you're Mario Andretti, mm-hmm. or you can be a passive victim of circumstances around you. That's what I see a lot. That's why when I'm in the banks, working with the banks, I see the guys with problems. Um, so here's what I want to tell you. Back to the congressman. Okay. They want you be a passive victim of circumstance 
Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, let me tell you how I figured that out. In the last two weeks, two things landed on my desk that paint this picture. The first one says that in June, it was an article in June, the Congressional Subcommittee on Economics, Taxes, and Access to Capital had a big meeting and inquiry on the topic was, should small businesses be allowed to use cash basis accounting? Okay, I, I thought we could. I thought that you had to make a decision, and if you went with accrual, you couldn't go back. Do I have that right or wrong? Well, you do, but, but here's the thing. They're trying to ex- debate and expand that. Right, now, okay. here's why. Because all the accountants I talk to, all the CPAs say, my clients won't pay for accrual accounting. Here I am preaching, run your business like you mean it, manage like you mm-hmm. mean it. They're saying they won't pay extra for that. And here's Congress going, oh, these poor small businesses, they can't afford it. Maybe we should just let them continue to be amateurs. Gotcha. Not helpful. Right. Not. But if Congress says it, people sort of fall in line. So that okay. I, all I can say is it just raised the hackles on the back of my neck, and I went, this is all kinds of wrong. It also says they believe in a planned economy, and that's Oh, well, of course they do. And access to capital and taxes. If they confiscate taxes and spend them on wasteful measures, that's less capital that you have in your business, mm-hmm. and then you have to struggle with your bank or some other source. Right. So it's a whole... Yeah, and that's the whole, what, you know, we've said it many times, we'll never get political on the show, we'll get it economic, but that's the whole debate between the left and the right is, how much capital do you leave for the private right. sector, and when the government takes too much, then that creates a shortage on the private side, and it's always, what's the balance? Right. Right. And and I and I wish we see we've as a, as a nation we've oversimplified the conversation the left and the right as if there are only two yeah. points of view view we have what three hundred and thirty three hundred and sixty million people there are three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. million points of view that's right it's not a, really a left and right issue and um, it's really more of uh, everybody's trying to paint their picture of utopia we're trying to get back to the Garden of Eden right okay. Um, but anyway, the other thing that landed on my desk was an IMA magazine. That's Institute of Management Accounting. And I may have told you I'm studying, taking the prep course to take the test to be certified. It's not public accounting. I don't want oh, to be a public no, no, no. I, management I accountant. I, I completely understand because I've had to build, um, at the factory I'm at, I had to build an incomplete managerial accounting system because I couldn't figure out what anything cost. Right. That's exactly the point. How can you meet that profit budget that we talked right. about at the top of the conversation? Right. And then once you know what that is, you, how do you manage the cash flow to get there? Well, what this article said was, is it unethical to use non-accrual-based accounting? So here you've got Congress saying, oh, let's let more of them stay in the cash basis. And here you've got the professionals saying, it's so bad not to use accrual accounting, it's but, almost unethical. Right, because the cash base basically says if you got money in the cigar box, you have money. If you don't have money in the cigar box, you don't have money. But right. it's the same thing as saying, what do you mean I don't have any money in my account because I still got 20 checks left in my checkbook. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the personal version. But the um, you, you can measure did cash in exceed cash out, mm-hmm. but that is not the same thing as measuring... Did my revenue exceed my expenses to create that revenue? That's right. And it's that second equation that tells you whether you've got going mm-hmm. concern, a viable business, business that can grow. So um, I think that, that accrual-based accounting, and there's some hybrids and there's some new reporting models coming out, but something like that is a more realistic way of looking at the business's health, wealth, um, its general direction. 
And the tax code does allow, as you said, it does allow cash basis, but that's for the purpose of figuring out how much you owe the government. That's right. not never right, was right. about running a successful business. Well, and that's a debate you and I have had is that the, re- the main purpose for financial accounting, it does give you good numbers at the end of the month, end of the quarter, end of the year, is to satisfy regulatory issues. It's to keep the IRS happy. If you got if you borrowed money, it keeps the bankers happy. But it's very difficult to run a business in the real time using financial accounting because it's all a trailing indicator of right. what happened, not what is happening. I know. One of these periods, we need to get KPIs in the conversation. Oh, yeah. We'll do that another month. Um, but anyway, I, so we do need to, we owe it to them to talk about how can you control cash flow. And this is where your experience is valuable. And I'll tell you a real-world example that I worked through with a client. Um, but the way you manage cash flow is thinking about your suppliers, your contractors, uh, those discretionary but major expenses, mm-hmm. and negotiating how you're going to spend to fulfill, you know, how you're going to acquire that talent, those materials, those services to fulfill on your sales obligations and working out payment terms. So the deal that you get from your suppliers and vendors um, also has a payment component. And you right. think strategically. About and sometimes it. you can influence those and sometimes you can't. Correct. Give you a real world example is that about 50% of the business that we come we have coming in is it's payment on install. Mm-hmm. So that means we got to buy materials, we got to oh, store yeah, it, we got to right. produce it. Then it goes to finished goods inventory. Then finally, when it gets installed, we get paid. Other times, we are on a percentage of completion, Much and better. nobody there has ever thought about. Well, maybe we ought to mix our production schedule so we got some stuff we're getting paid on this month, as opposed to stuff that we're waiting three months on. And then if you make it through that three months, then you get some customers that pay as you go. Yeah, if you heard screaming on Thursday, that was me in my car driving back. Oh, gosh. Okay, another thing is terms offered to customers. So when you negotiate that sales price, there's a whole set of terms, delivery, timing, quality, um, the mix where it's delivered, and um, price can be part of that. So you can set terms, and you maybe want to offer those customers that take more time a different price to accommodate that. Um, figuring out how to motivate your suppliers to wait longer at less of a penalty to you, figuring out how to motivate your customers to pay sooner without having to give up too much on price. And, of course, the pushback I always get a lot on negotiating with customers is competition. Oh, but our competition is giving them 45-day terms and so forth. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then you then your plan, your cash management plan, is going to involve financing probably, having a relationship with a bank, it may involve retaining more of your profit in the business and building that permanent working capital that, to right. carry that growth in those receivables. Yes. So let me give you a practical look, um, a story I lived through. I had a client who had been, he had been a vendor when I owned my construction company and saved my bacon many occasions. Um, I had left that business, gone back into corporate banking. He came to me, he, his business was an ongoing maintenance business. So they maintained highly technical equipment, UPS systems, uninterruptible supply for major data centers. Right. And he had landed a big contract to totally upgrade the whole critical power system for a customer in Maryland. So it was generator, UPS system, batteries, lots of electrical installation, knocking down some walls and raising some floor and all of that. And he came to me and said, help me manage this project. And that was a really interesting. His business model was sign a contract for a year with a customer, bill them, invoice them monthly, one-twelfth of the contract, and go perform the service quarterly or whatever it was. 
or even invoice them right after you did it. But it was a pay-as-you-go. It was a very right, stable right. cash flow system. This project could have put him out of business. It was over $700,000. The profit might have been seventy five to 100000 There was no piece of equipment that he could purchase and pay a manufacturer when it was delivered that was within his profit margin. Right. In other words, he couldn't afford to buy anything. He could not afford. So we set it up, and that was part of my role was negotiating. And so we went to the customer, and we said, you're a large company. We're not doing this net 30 days, and your accounting department cuts the check in 45. We can't handle that. We want net 15-day terms. But you're getting us. We're experts at this. We'll do an excellent job on time, on budget. He went, okay. Then we went to our suppliers. We got 30-day terms after it was on site. And we went to our subs. And, and what do you think we negotiated with our subs? Well, let's see. What, you paid them after you got paid? Yes. Yes, that is yeah, the right I, answer. Well, you know, we, we have a job right now where we don't have a GC. We have uh, subs. We're one of the subs. And we're preventing the GC from coming in. You know why? Because we get paid in 15 days as opposed to the GC gets paid. And then add it's 30, a whole so trickle it's, down. it goes from 15 to 45 days. So the point is this is just one example yeah. for one type of business model. But it shows you that you have to think through. You have to know what each job or sale is going to do or customer group is going to do to you and factor that into your cash plan. And a lot of the key to managing your cash flow is negotiating what you can up front and, and, and then and, watching it carefully. And that's part of the sales process. And uh, it, I know you're about to, to close out. Uh, let me just emphasize what Linda's talking about. And I'll put it in terms that I've been experiencing is that we don't have good sales forecasting up front to tell us what, where we're going and specifically on when is the revenue recognition. We don't have a good billing process of what did we bill this week? And then what is the recognition of that dollars? Mm-hmm. And so we're having great months mm-hmm. and we have no money because right. we're not doing what you're talking about. Correct. And cash flow will always be a surprise. And one day, you know, we, we had a saying in commercial lending, a borrower can lose money sometimes, but they only get to run out of cash once. That's then right. it's game over. Right. So they can reach me, Linda Heath, president of Financial Holographics. Reach me through richmondbizlive.com. Okay, that's great. Good seeing you again, Linda. Good Take seeing care. you, Bill. Thanks. And we'll be back. Hello, I'm Linda Heath, President of Financial Holographics and your Chief Business Analyst. Our accounting and finance experts solve business mysteries for CEOs. 80% of private companies are struggling. Only 5% have it made. Where are you? Join me Saturday mornings at Richmond Biz Live for live answers to your nagging questions. Sponsored by Financial Holographics, where you don't have to know what to ask for to get what you need. Hi, Mike Carroll of Sandler Training here in Richmond. Do you know the three most commonly made sales mistakes? Are you or your salespeople at fault? Visit focusbusiness.sandler.com to download your free report, the three biggest sales mistakes you should never make. In this report, discover these unproductive sales strategies and what to do about them. Finally, take the pressure out of selling and reach your desired sales result. Visit focusbusiness.sandler.com to download your copy now. And we're back. This is Richmond Biz Live, or richmondbizlive.com is our website. And if you go there, you can click watch us, and you can see us on the webcam. You can click listen to us and get live streaming of the radio show. Or, of course, you're on the radio. And you can reach us in the studio at 844-249-5483. That's 844-249-5483 or 
Biz Live. And we are in with Mike Carroll from Focus Business. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Bill, excited to be here. Extra, extra excited. Extra excited. Well, we, all we do is talk about sales, don't we? Sales, sales forecasting. And for everybody uh, that has not been with us in a number of shows, we're in the 15% segment. We're in the segment this season is all about those companies who are doing reasonably well, who are looking to break through. And what those companies all need is aggressive marketing and sales. And more importantly, just as much as it is acquiring old, new accounts, it's growing the ones you got. So, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Absolutely. You know what really got me excited is, and you probably saw me come to the doorway. Oh, yeah. When y'all started talking about forecasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, my previous life, I went to a... Um, IBM put on a president's course up in uh, Purchase, New York, and they gave us a Been book. there. Yeah, well, I mean, they were talking about uh, collect early and pay late. <laughs> that was what they taught. Well, and when you're uh, big like them, you can bully people. That's a good well, you strategy. Can. But, you know, I listened to Linda talk about forecasting. And, you know, when you and you were mentioned, you couldn't get a forecast out of your out of your no, no i can't i couldn't project. beat it i couldn't beat it out of the right right well believe it or not there's a lot of mid-sized small companies forecasting they think you're talking about the weather yeah <laughs> okay now and that's it doesn't mean they aren't being successful it just means a lot of times and then we we talk about you know that hockey stick growth all of a sudden y- you start growing and you don't really outside of doing your Probably your pro forma to, for the bank when you if you went in and raised capital at the startup time, you know things are rocking. You're not for you just think it's coming. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you start to get those cash flow problems. And if you're in manufacturing, wow. Uh, uh, it, we we thought we were going to be over. We were going to have our first seven digit month last month, and we did the work, but we probably didn't bill it. So that's right. why I was screaming like right. this right. Thursday coming back from uh, Southwest Virginia. Yeah, I understand. We well, got the, we got the numbers. We didn't get the numbers. <laughs> you know, that's – but, again, forecasting, and there's lots of great tools out there yeah. today, and you know that. But I think, you know, most companies that I work with, if if they don't have some of the software, what we'll do is just do a, do a basic uh, Excel spreadsheet and start plugging things in. Yeah. Uh, and But the key to that is you really do have to to break your sales process down into stages, and mm-hmm. you gotta, you got to have, have a good selling system, okay? I mean, that's what we focus on is what's your what's this, your sales process? And to move an, a lead to an opportunity, an opportunity to stage one, stage two, stage three, and if you work on that hard over time, you become pretty accurate. So that's yeah. not our topic today, but right. while it's one you have to be on top of. And you know what? It doesn't have to be accurate the first time you do it. No, no. If you if you do it and then you constantly improve it, it will get accurate. Right, right. Um, so that's not our topic today, right. but just to look back, you talk about, okay, how are we going to develop customers? Uh, I went back and, and did a little research. I mean, last session we talked about who are our core accounts, right? Right. right. Uh, and, I mean, there's it, the fact is the old 80-20 rule always comes back to bite us, mm-hmm. okay? 
20% of your customers doing 80% of your business, right? Right. So that's why last week we were talking, we really have to stay in tune to our core accounts. Because uh, now we're in segment two, we got rapid growth going, right? Right. I mean, even if you're a startup or maybe coming out of the, the, the recession, you were kind of flatlined and now you're ramping. That's right. So, and we talked about that, you know, what the core accounts are, and we start to ramp up. Uh, all Every aspect of our business becomes more complex, right? I mean, right. you got so many variables coming at you. A lot of times, uh, leaders lose sight of, hey, what was the core count here? Are they still a core count? And that was our focus again last week. I don't. I, I hope I'm connecting this. Okay. Oh no, you are because our whole thing about the core account was who you're making the most money from. Exactly. Not who was the highest revenue, right. but who had the best margins. And let's grow that business as well as let's go find people just like them. Yep. Exactly. And 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 again, when you get into rapid growth, and I think our business environment is just more challenging today. We talked about. It. I mean, since you know, since 2000, it's been a tough ball game, you know, and especially the last six years. Right. Uh, so we we do have to stay in touch. And I think last week we could say that it's more about making sure that that our core accounts are helping us grow, okay? We, it's more about protecting ourselves. We were talking about, you know, looking at the profitability of the account. Because if, as accounts are growing, as our customers are growing, they may be demanding more services from us. How we deliver, you know, if we're, we talked about this last time, about customized right. specialty things, we have to know what that's costing us. Right, because we could apply the Pareto principle to that population as well to say, 80% of my costs are coming from 20% of my accounts. Right. And Absolutely. so do we want to keep those? You know, and we talked about Jack Welch's approach when he was a GE is they would top grade. They would top grade in personnel, but they top grade in sales as they cut sure. the bottom 10% off every year. Right. So they could free up opportunity to go after top end yes. rather than servicing the bottom. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, I still go back and when we get that rapid growth, you got, if you are experiencing grab, rapid growth, you got to stay in touch to what it's doing to your business because everything becomes more complex, even the way com- people communicate. You know, things get stressed. People get the finger point. I mean, you got leadership really then becomes a key. So, but today we want to talk about how we are affecting our customers. Okay. Right. And, and I want to take that to the next level because in today's environment, you know, when you start out and I got something for, I, I really did a little research on customer development and there's a model out there. Oh, you there? Say, yeah. well, well, you and I talked about yesterday on the phone. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear about this model. Well, it's, it's basically pretty straight customer discovery. Well, right. I mean, you know, we've got our offering, our product and service. Now we've gone out in those early stages of discovering, okay, who are our best fit customers, sweet right. spot, core customer. Okay. Yep. We got that. Now we go to customer validation. Customer validation is is where you got to have your sales process in order. Process in order. Your salespeople have got to know how to identify, especially in the new markets. Okay, who are our key accounts? That's where you got to have a good qualification. You got to have good questions. You got to understand. But here's the key: they're buying your product and service. How is it affecting their business? 
That's okay, right. we know that they're, we're solving us. If they're buying from us, we're solving some type of need. But we need to know when we solve that need, what are we doing from? A- example: Let's just say um, you, you're you may be re- helping them reduce uh, by the way you deliver the product or the way you allow them to order from you. If you know that you're reducing those expenses. You got to communicate that. That's an added value. Oh, it is. Okay, so that's what. What? What is your offering doing as far as benefiting that customer? And that's why you and I have said many times, both this season and last, you can't hire dummies in sales. The smartest people in your company, in many cases, have to be in sales because they are a consultant to the client, to the customer, because they're probably telling them things that they may not know. Especially when we talk about talk about the small business owner is that they're being educated by the sales force. That's exactly. a guarantee that you'll take a sales call. Without a doubt. You know, we spend, at Sandler Training, one of the first things we do is spend a lot of time on pain, on pain discovery. Right. Okay, and all we're doing is taking that sales team and saying, okay, what is unique about what you're delivering? What is your offering? What makes you unique? What benefits does that deliver? What pain problems and challenges does that eliminate for your mm-hmm. customer? And now what we're talking about this week is how does that affect them? Right. Okay. How does that affect them? If I'm reducing, well, you remember, this is a good one. Uh, when just in time came about. Yep. Right. I know I was working, selling to some of the big fortune 100s in Richmond and they were, they had rooms full of expendable stuff. We took them stockless. Now, did we do a good job of really communicating that value of how much space we've freed up and what that was costing them? The receiving processes, we streamlined that. We did a good job of being creative with it. I had great people, but we we did a good job of being creative with it. But today, you've got to communicate that because there's the big three, Bill. People, customers today, they want to be able to focus on what's makes their business successful. So if you're a vendor to them or a supplier to them, okay, they want to be able to to take your related services and basically get away, outsource them to you. That's right. You know, the other thing that they want from vendors and suppliers, um, and, I mean, any customer, is that you're going to come in with ideas and create programs and processes because they're not going to think about it anymore. So they expect that of you. They do. There's a, there's a chat, HR Chally out of Dayton has does a good job. And the last thing that they're looking for, and this is what we're talking about today, is they want you to be able to show them, okay, that you have brought value to them that's greater than the price that you're charging them. That's right. And how about that? Yeah. So now we're, we've that, – so that forces us, and I think that's the only way to do it, to know – that when you're and you talk about salespeople today, they've got to know how to ask those questions to that customer, and so that that customer realizes, you know, these people really understand my business. They're they're my trusted advisor, right? Right. You brought that term up last yeah. week. Here's an here's one that we've I've picked up on in working with Sandler. Is we want to not only be your trusted advisor, we want to be your strategic advisor. Right. We want to be head of the market trends. You know, we talked about market trends a while yeah. back. And we said, we need to be able to 
communicate with our customers and share with them things and systems and processes that they need before they know that they need them. That's right. And that should be the mantra, right. you know? Because most small businesses don't have the ability to do the type of marketing intel that the big guys do that they have to do. That's right. And if yeah. I've got a partner like you guys who are doing that for me, wow, does that make me far more competitive? In fact, it, it's a competitive advantage because I'm doing business with you. Yeah. yeah. Now, we talked about how we can we develop that customer. Um, you giving me a two-minute drill here? No, not okay. at all. Uh, but the, the, uh, we talked about, okay, how we develop our customer. Uh, have a formal model. I think you go customer discovery. We're in that segment. We're in hockey growth. We know where those customers are. Now, we're going to validate. And then we're going to go deep and wider. We're going to grow that, right? That account. And now, so if we're in tune to that, um, and they actually call that in the model customer creation. So you go discovery, validation, creation. creation. Okay. And then the other piece that doubles back to what we talked about last week. Then now you better build your business and all the processes so you can support what's going on in the marketplace. So uh, when I go back and look at it, uh, and they actually called it the four steps um, to the epiphany. Wow. How about that? Huh? Yeah. That's pretty good, isn't it? But, you know, when it, when you look at the, you know, when you go back and look at knowing your customers, okay, today, and you said this, salespeople you know, have got to be in tune, okay, and they've got to know how, and this is one of the things that we work on all the time with our customers because, you know, we're about reinforced. I mean, we go in, we work with people two or three years. I right. mean, that's kind of the way it is. Right. But and, and going back through this, I said, boy, you know, we better make sure we're showing them that they're getting a return on the investment. investment. You know, Yeah. <laughs> but it's there, you know, and I got a pretty good model on that. Okay. On how we do it. But what I'm saying is, is that, I mean, we were working on it yesterday with, with some of the clients, is that, you know, we have to craft our questions. If we know tactically that we're doing or we're adding some value, we can't tell them. People don't like to be told. They like to discover it themselves, right? Right. So we, if we ask good questions and, and use good third-party stories, and that's what that pain discovery exercise is really about it's a tough it's a tough exercise because you're building questions you want to ask right uh but again today i think the key is you know, we we know we've got the pain the needs and we are addressing those but now we really truly have to understand what are the benefits and what are we really bringing to that customer and are our salespeople communicating that you know okay because some i mean our customers so that's you know, I think that, um, and I do get excited when y'all talk about forecasting and, and that cash flow deal, because I live that stuff. I I can remember uh, my CFO, when I was smart enough to finally right. get a CFO, yeah. he'd go, okay, what are we going to do this month? We need, I said, well, tell me what you need. I can walk outside and it'll fall right at the sky. I mean, I used to get in <laughs> battles with that guy all the time. But, you know, Bill, um, I'm not sure what our topic is next week, but but I think that you know, we, we keep going back and we're reinforcing. I think the real key is 
we've got to stay in tune to our strategies. We got to understand the behaviors and activities that we're asking our people. That's our that's the leadership's responsibility, right? You know, and are we matching up with our core accounts? Is our sales model and our core accounts? You you had a thing last time in there about you know the the vision, mission, um, and business model of our customers. That's important. Yeah, because if you don't know it, how do you provide value? Well, and if it's similar to yours, I mean, well, that that's one of the ways you pick the sweet absolutely. spot. I'm exactly right. Yeah. So we could go on forever, as we always say. So do you have anything done on this new model? Because you, know, you and I talked about it yesterday. Is there something if they came to your website? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I work with this in a lot of different ways all the time. Because yeah. I'm going to go strat. When I work with a customer, I want to know, okay, what are our strategies, you know, which drives their activities and behaviors? Do we have the structure in place? Do we have a good selling system? Do we have a good tracking system so that we know what we're doing is working? What's working? What's not working? And do we have the right people? Do we have the right people in the place? Right. So, yeah, you go rich, rich, richmondbizlive.com. Mike. There you go. Go to the experts section. Click on Mike's picture, his gorgeous picture there yeah. with his headphone yeah, headset, on. Yeah, yeah. And go right to the website. And where would they find it on the uh, on your site? Yes, Focus. focus oh, now, oh. I tell you, Focus Business... Uh, dot sandler dot com and that's s a n d l e r. Go on there and just shoot me an email because we got okay. information. I mean, I don't even know where some of it is, okay. but I can find it. Okay, all right. So, thanks, Mike. Thank um, you. And uh, really critical here about that kind of that long term development of accounts because just remember this: it's five times cheaper or less expensive, maybe is the right word, to develop the accounts you have than to go get new accounts because the cost of, the cost of acquiring accounts is about five times as much as it is to service the ones you have. Without a question. Okay. Thank you, Bill. All have right, a great thanks, weekend. Mike. And we'll be back. Hello, I'm William Eastman. You know me as the executive producer of Richmond Biz Live. In my other role as managing partner of the Growth Works, I spend time helping business owners get their companies on track and paying them back for years of investment and sacrifice. However, before I can make the necessary changes, you must answer the following question. Where are you? In our research, we have identified three types of small business, 80% that are just getting by, 15% who are doing okay but wondering what's next, and then there's the 5% who dominate a market or a niche, and what they're wondering is, how do I break out? So I pose the question to you, where are you? If you want to understand this question and the significance of the answer better, go to our membership site, growthworks.net, and download our paper on where are you. Learn how to move from the 80% to the 15 and from the 15 to the 5%. This level of success and profitability is within your reach. Gain the advantage over your competitors by downloading it today. And we are back. This is Richmond Biz Live or richmondbizlive.com. You can join the show by going to the website and clicking on Watch Us, and you'll get picked up on the webcam, or you can click Listen to Us, and you'll get live streaming over the web. Obviously, if you're listening to 990 WLEE News Talk, you are listening to us right now. And if you want to join and get into the conversation, you can call us at 844-249-5483. That's 844 844- Two four nine five four eight three. What we're going to do here is I've got uh, Brian Taylor in the studio. We talked about this uh, earlier, 
is that I'm going to do my segment on customer service, and in the process of doing that, I'm going to get Brian involved in talking a little bit about what's going on with the Central Virginia African American uh, Chamber of Commerce. Now, let me go back to why are we taking customer service and why is this segment? Um, when we started off season one, we had eight segments here, and we were talking about uh, uh, owners and executive owners, a thought leader. We talked about finance. We talked about marketing and sales. And we talked about the topics that are critical to the to the 80%. This season, we cut it down to six because what we were doing was we were using basically the paradigm uh, that that first got me into this, and, it, and Brian hadn't heard this story, was every Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning, I do the books. And I look at what happened over the week, and I look at our projects, and so I basically ask myself four questions. Are we on budget? Are we making money? Where's cash flow? Are we on plan, which has to do with sales and my sales forecasting? Are we on schedule, which has to do with project management, and are we delivering or building the stuff we said we're going to build? And finally, the last one, where are we, what's the status of cases, and cases are customer complaints, customer issues. So this season, we decided we kind of change it. We changed the HR to performance. We changed the processes to productivity. And so my whole segment is, how do I keep the customers happy? Because if, if you consider it, it's kind of like candy in a wrapper. What you sell is kind of the core, whether it's a product, a tangible item, or it is a services, you know, like um, call waiting or something like the phone company has. And then what you have wrapped around that is the experience that the customer goes through. And sometimes you can make up the difference for a bad product. Well, I shouldn't say a bad product, but let's say an average product and service by the experience that you give the customer in doing that. And so the two things I wanted to cover here, um, one was this issue of service and quality teamwork, and the other one is reward service. So let me take service and quality teamwork. First of all, if you have not downloaded the PDF on, on uh, managing customer expectations, please do so right now. And that is to go to richmondbizlive.com, go to the resources section. Uh, the, verse, the first title on that page is ideas you can use, and you'll find it there, the PDF downloaded. And what that talks about, that there are five gaps on why customers aren't happy, uh, with what you're providing, or they are very happy if those no gaps don't exist. One of those gaps is what the customer experience. Four of the gaps are internal. You need that document to be to handle what we're talking about here. Okay. Last week I talked about the development and formation of teams. So now what we're talking about here is the service and quality teamwork. Is I'm bringing in customer complaints or cases, and I'm bringing in quality tickets. My whatever my process for making things. If we've got defects. We should be tracking those. I bring my people together that are, they could be salespeople, customer service people, production people, but people that are involved in this entire chain, and I bring them in, and what we do is we take a look at what those complaints are, if it's experience side, or what are the defects if we're looking at product issues. And we work together on trying to identify, one, what is the root cause of the problem, and two, trying to make it go away. Now, root cause identification is pretty simple. There's only four reasons why something is failing. It's methods, which is the processes you're using. It's the materials, the materials that you're using, the raw materials. It is the machinery or the equipment you're using, or it's a manpower. It's operator error. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring a group of people together that's interdisciplinary or across the organization. Why are we getting these product defects that are creating customer complaints? Why is the customer having problems with the experience that we're having? and bring them together to identify the root cause and determine how to fix that. And that is the process of how I, 
I build teamwork. Teamwork is not something that I'm going to take people out to a ropes course or we're going to go out drinking together. I mean, I, there's a lot of techniques in this business that have been used to build teamwork. I don't buy into any of that. You want to build teamwork, give them real-time problems within the company that they got to solve that's going to make their life easier if they do, and that's where you teach them on some techniques of how to build a team. The other side of that is now what I want to make sure is that I want to reward my service champions. So as I take a look at the tickets and complaints, the quality tickets and the service complaints, as I begin to see people fixing those, what I want to do is I want to make fixing it a good deal. It's called the law of the good deal. People will do more of something that is a good deal to them. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that not only do I reward people in manufacturing or in my process, and again, I can be a services-based company where it's a process of how we deliver those services. I view that like manufacturing, and as people are fixing defects or preventing them, I want to reward that. I want to make them heroes within the company, and that can be both informal pat-on-the-back praise or formally done with money, bonuses, etc. The same thing on the customer service side. If I do that, what's going to happen is that I'm going to make service a much more critical element of the job. I can assure you that in a lot of organizations, service is not spelled out if you looked at the job description or position description. Now, let me close out by saying you've got to download my file on customer expectations on richmondbizlive.com and go to the resources page and download items that you can use in order to pull this all together. Now what I'd like to do is I'd like to introduce our, our newest partner, uh, Brian Taylor from the um, Central Virginia African American Chamber of Commerce. Good afternoon. Oh, I guess good morning. It's still in the morning, huh? Good morning, Bill. How are you? I am doing great. It's good to be here today. And I love that Brooklyn accent. Thank you. Um, been in Richmond 20 years now and haven't lost my accent, so I guess it's not going away. <laughs> quick quick story before we talk about the, the chamber is that uh, Brian's from Brooklyn and so is my mother. My mother lived in Florida for 40 years, swore she still lived in Flatbush. <laughs> it shows up in my language sometimes. So, hey, anyway, tell me about the chamber. A little bit about the chamber. Let's, we, get, let's get excited. I, I am very, very excited. Uh, the chamber's been around one year. There's about six chambers out there, so it's a whole bunch oh, of chambers I in, know. in the metro Richmond area. Um, we're the last to come on board, and um, but we've been around a year, and we have over 200 members. So that says a lot about the chamber. I'm excited. There's, there's a buzz about the chamber and what they're trying to do, and they're trying to do some great things in the African-American community. There are some other um, businesses out there that are um, or organizations who are doing the same thing, but we feel like we're an extra added piece to the uh, to the puzzle. Okay, so, so let, 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 let's talk let's talk African American businesses first, and let's talk about everybody else. What is the benefit of join of joining the Central Virginia Chamber? Well, for for the African American business owner, the benefit is that you're going to be able to connect with other African business owners that you wouldn't have that that option um, otherwise. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of business owners out there you you just wouldn't be able to connect with you're you're on board with the chamber you're gonna you're gonna meet them they're gonna be on our website you can connect with them that way so there's this and yesterday you didn't have any friends today you got over 200 new business owners so that's that's what it would do for the african-american business owner and they when they're all taught to work together come together and i'll add a little bit onto that and a little bit about how we're trying to change things in the african-american community well, why don't we go there Okay, well, uh, I'm going to be very brutal with your listeners, so uh, hopefully they'll be able to understand it. And um, this is straight. We we shoot straight here. I, I'm from Brooklyn. That's the way we have we we bring it. So uh, <laughs> one of the things that we see the African American community lacking in is in leadership of uh, the business community, and even in the 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 social and uh, family environment is is leadership. Uh, mm-hmm 
how uh, the businesses get along. Bill Bill Eastman may have a great pizza shop, and Brian Taylor may have a great pizza shop, and we're both African-Americans. My job is not to talk bad about Bill's pizza shop. My job is to try to work with Bill, and, and, and um, we both together can um, build our businesses up. If Bill's business is on Midlothian Turnpike and mine's is on West Broad Street, hey, somebody on, on the south side of Richmond says, hey, I want to go check out your pizza shop. I should be a big enough business owner to say, hey, don't waste your gas coming all the way over the Willie Bridge to West Broad. Go over there and see Bill. He's a good guy. He's got a good product just as good as mine. And and Bill will return a favor. And that's something we're trying to teach the African-American business owners to do, to work together. And one of the things that struck me when I looked at your mission statement was this idea of building wealth. Yes. You want to say a little bit more about that? Building wealth. Well, they're, they're trying to, um, everyone within the chamber, they're trying to have all of the members of the chamber uh, buy from each other. And this is something that the other chambers are already um, implementing, and they do it in so many ways. There's a there's an Asian chamber, there's a Hispanic chamber, there's a Metro Richmond Chamber of Commerce, right. and they all do this model. It's just the African-American business community. We're trying to get all of the members to work with each other, all of the members to go ahead and uh connect with each other and support each other and that will be a stronger bond and a stronger uh, team working together as far as building up the african-american community so we're excited about that something long time overdue how, how do people get in touch with you now i'll have i'll have all this up on our website but okay. for right now how do they get in touch with you uh brian taylor my um you contact me on my cell um 804-928-5149 my email is b taylor at cv aa cc.org we also have a free uh central virginia african-american chamber of commerce mobile app just go to the app store type in central virginia african-american chamber of commerce and voila it's free of charge and you'll be able to connect with every member that's on the chamber website and it's free to members and non-members thank you brian and by the way you'll be seeing you'll be finding this information on our website and with that wealth and prosperity Is it time for your business to pay it back? Hello, I'm William Eastman, executive producer of Richmond Biz Live. And if this is your challenge as a business owner, then don't miss a single show. Either listen live at 10 o'clock every Saturday on WLEE News Talk 990 or download our podcast at richmondbizlive.com. Every show, we tackle those issues in marketing, sales, people, customers, and finance that are limiting your success. If it's time to get paid back for your years of investment and sacrifice, join us this Saturday at 10 o'clock for Richmond Biz Live. As you spend your Saturday on the things that matter to you, take us along for the ride. It's Lifestyle Talk Radio on News Talk 990, WLEE Richmond. CBS News, I'm Pam Coulter. President Obama says the U.S. is coming to the aid of Iraqi forces fighting Sunni extremists in Iraq. Speaking on the South Lawn of the White House a short time ago. Kurdish forces on the ground continue to defend the city and the United States and the Iraqi government have stepped up our military system. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.